And it's already over. I hate it. Goodbye. Oh, I was having fun with that. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess it's helpful because now I don't have to bend towards the mic the whole time. But for our listeners that were getting uh, excited by our ASMR, I apologize that Ryan interrupted your experience. And to all the listeners who are very not excited and were like, oh no, an ASMR episode, you're welcome. <laughs> this is Preview Review, the movie trailer podcast hosted by myself, Tyler Ellison. And me, Ryan Toon. We like to talk about movies, but what we like more than that is to talk about movie trailers. And what we like to talk to more than that is talk about movie trailers with each other while recording it. And then putting it online for 30 people to hear. Sometimes more, sometimes less. You decide. This is a part of our podcast that's on you, listener. Yeah. You can... You can listen or not. Your choice. You can turn us off right now. Don't. Please, please don't. Ryan, what do we have going on in today's episode? Today's episode, we got sizzling, piping hot, fresh trailers. Ooh, hot off the trailer press. Straight out of San Diego Comic-Con week. Some of these trailers were at Comic-Con. Oh, hot off the press kind of works because press is also like news and like trailers are in the news. Oh, and like newspapers have comics in them and Comic-Con. Wow. Wow. It's all coming together. It's like poetry. It It rhymes. So anyway, the trailers we're talking about this week are Terminator Dark Fate. Ooh. Top Gun Maverick. That's not good. What's the Mr. Rogers movie called? A Beautiful Um, Day in the Neighborhood. That one. That's good. (laughs) And Cats. That's not good. Sorry. The episode's over. I've already reviewed all the previews, and that's the end of the episode. Wow. Bye. Psych. Just kidding. It has to be full length because a two-minute podcast is unacceptable. Yeah. So, before we get into the podcast of reviewing the previews, Oh, you had to review the full-grown movies. Yes. Our little baby preview has grown into a full-grown film and art masterpiece. And that art masterpiece that you're discussing this week is Crawl. Yes, everyone remembers Crawl. What did Crawl. you think of the masterpiece Crawl? I thought it was a lot of fun. I wish it leaned more to the campy side because sometimes it took itself too seriously. And I was like, wow, this could be a good movie. But then I remembered the premise. And that they were surrounded by like at least five crocodiles or alligators. I'm not sure about the genus. I should have looked it up before. Did Sorry, they say in the movie? They probably did, but I saw it like a week ago. But yeah, I wish it was a little bit more campy because then I could have fully enjoyed the camp ride. But as it was, it was a pretty good movie. If it's a hot day in the summer and you want to go cool off in the AC of a of movie theater and you want to watch a movie for about... An hour and a half. It's pretty short. You can have a fun time with this movie. Nice. And that's my review of Crawl. Sounds great. Thank you. I mean, it sounds okay because that's what you said. Yeah, but but your review sounded great. Exactly. Because yeah. I'm an expert at this. Wonderful. Well, since we are talking about cats on today's episode. Meow. <laughs> I do want to start us off with an opening question. And that opening question is, what is the best Broadway to musical movie adaptation. Now, just to clarify, this has to be a musical that existed first on Broadway on stage Mm. and then was adapted into a feature film. Mm. I understand the question. Thank you for clarifying. Now answer. The answer I have is, ooh, I know we talked about doing this question beforehand, but I put no thought into answering it until right now. Um, I really like Sweeney Todd. Now it's a more authentic answer. Sweeney Todd's really good. It is. That really is one good. of my choices. Sweeney Todd is my answer. I've never seen the stage play, but I've heard there are songs cut from it. But it doesn't feel like anything's cut from this movie. It feels like a complete piece altogether. It feels like it stays true to the tone of the musical, from what I know. I mean, I've only seen the movie, but matching it with the director Tim Burton and his style. Feels like a perfect fit, a perfect marriage, and I really enjoy this film. It's actually my favorite Tim Burton movie. So probably because it's not totally Tim Burton. There are elements of his style that do bleed into it, but it's not like it's a Tim Burton musical. Like he adapts to the darker elements really well. Exactly. It's not Beetlejuice the musical. It's Sweeney Todd the musical, and I enjoy it. Amazing. Tyler, good pick. what about you? I think you had uh, more time to think about this because you remembered our opening question. I just Googled it on my phone while you were reviewing Crawl, so I had 
almost 20 seconds more thought put into it. Wow. We planned this podcast to the letter every time, friends. Off the cuff. It's just a more authentic response. Mm. Um, and we're all about authenticity here. I do love Creepy the Rent Radio. movie, but it doesn't really match up to the stage adaptation, so I don't think I can go with that one. Rent, you're out. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with West Side Story. Ooh, the one from the past, not the one from the future? Yes, not the future Ansel Elgort, Steven Spielberg adaptation, but the original movie. With that Madeline was a musical Wood. before it was a movie, right? I don't know. This was your question and your parameters, sir. I'm going to look it up. Tyler has chosen a movie where the lead woman is of Puerto Rican descent, and she is played by the whitest woman in the world, Natalie Wood. Tyler's all about diversity and representation. But sometimes they didn't have that in the past because past people were racist. But that doesn't mean that they couldn't create yes. art. West Side Story was on Broadway in 1957, and the movie came out in 1961. Wow, it fits perfectly so it in was the parameters. Broadway first, and then movie, and that's the one I'm going with. Nice. It's that's fun. fun. I've seen the stage production, and it's cool. I like it. I've seen parts of the movie. I don't think I've seen the whole movie. But the parts were cool, too. It's a good story. Good choice, friend. It's, a good st- it's such a good story that you would think that it's almost like one of the classic stories from like history from old literature and it's like adapted to be more modern like it feels very shakespearean in a way like because the lion king yeah it is shakespeare (laughs) it's just romeo and juliet but a more fun version it's like poetry it rhymes sure well iambic pentameter does rhyme tyler not always it just means that you have to talk like this and every other syllable is emphasized. Well, there's something about uh, syllable counts for line. I remember doing this in 12th grade English, and that's the only time I ever needed to know about iambic pentameter. So, there you go. Brian, let's get rolling on today's episode. Ooh. What's the first movie trailer we're talking about today? We're talking about Terminator, Dark Fate. <laughs> I'm going hunting. That's what this trailer sounds like. It does. It sounds like guns and whatever that song is, but I've only heard that song in this trailer. So I I call it the Terminator Dark Fate I'm Going Hunting song. It's a long title, but it gets the point across. Because Sarah Connor is going hunting for Terminator. Or is the Terminator going hunting for that new character? Because it could be taken both ways. Double meanings. Whoa. ASMR double No, stop. Terminator doesn't do ASMR. He has guns and is made of liquid metal. And he has no brain to have an unsublimatory reflex, whatever ASMR stands for. Exactly. So, this is Terminator Dark Fate. It is the sixth installment of the Terminator film franchise. It is directed by Tim Miller. This is his second movie after doing Deadpool. You mean former visual effects specialist Tim Miller? Yes, the same one. Wow. So, this trailer looks like a new Terminator is hunting new people, not Arnold and Sarah Connor anymore, but they are both back. Arnold and Linda Hamilton have returned to the franchise. Arnold's been in almost every movie, but this is Linda Hamilton's first movie back to the Terminator franchise since the second one, T2, Judgment Day. That's really cool. Uh, producer James Cameron is back. They make a big point of telling me that in the trailer. And, I mean, usually when I see produced by on a trailer, I'm like, oh, who cares? That's just a ploy to get me to think, hey, Crawl is produced by Sam Raimi, so it'll be or like a Sam Raimi. Raimi. producing scary stories. Exactly. But yeah. this one I feel like has more weight to it because James Cameron is so intrinsically tied to the Terminator franchise. And we know he's crazy and caught up with all the Avatar sequels that he thinks everyone wants. So he can't do Terminator. But at least he's producing this one, which gives me hope. I've seen every Terminator movie. Also for someone like James Cameron, I think a producer credit does mean that he had like a lot of creative involvement in exactly. the movie. Exactly. Like, because that's mm-hmm. just the kind of person he is. Yeah, and I've seen every Terminator movie except for Genesis, which looked weird and different. But I'm kind of excited for this one. It looks like there's a new character who is played by Mackenzie Davis, who is also part Terminator, but yeah, also believes that she human, is a yeah. human or something. It looks cool. At Comic-Con, they announced that Edward Furlong is coming back, who was the original John Connor in Terminator 2, the little boy who rode around his dirt bike and stole money from ATMs. So I hope he's still doing that. 
in this movie, 40 years later, no, no, 30, right? I don't know. Four movies later, we'll say that. But Gabriel Luna is going to be the Terminator in this one, and it looks like his... He looks pretty cool. He's, like, got the best parts of both Terminators. He's got that hard skeleton, but he's also got the liquidness of T2 Terminator. Mm -hmm. And it looks like they can separate and go on, be a tag team. Yeah. And it looks looks pretty cool. The more I see this trailer, the more I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. you're selling me. Even though it's the same trailer every time I go to the theater... And I hear, I'm going hunting. And I see the signs saying they're in Mexico. Mexico. But I don't know. Something about it just makes me want to come back to see Terminator Dark Fate on November 1st. Yeah, part of what I love about it is just the moment of, like, Linda Hamilton, like, Sarah Connor, like, going to, bringing them to Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, his little hideout in the woods or whatever. It's just so cool when he, like, answers the door and it's like, now you know that, like... Mm -hmm. Stuff's gonna get and real, you know. It gives me vibes. It reminds me of uh, last year's Halloween reboot, Quill. Yeah. Because yeah, it brings totally. back the main actress from the original movies, and it kind of disregards the continuity of some of the other movies that weren't as well received. So I'm hoping it can be like can go down that same path where like, hey, we know some of these movies weren't great in the past, but we're trying to yeah. do better now, and we brought back the original team to do it. And just like Laurie Strode in the Halloween from last year. 60 year old Sarah Connor whatever is a total badass like exactly. she looks so intense in this movie when she rescues them on the highway and she's shooting she's got so many and guns the guns won't stop the Terminator and she just pulls the bazooka and just blows it up like it just looks so cool and the extended trailer that they released at Comic Con has like a minute and a half of like kind of behind the scenes like yeah. interviews with the cast and crew a little bit and everything they're saying is like it's like grittier like the original version because it's R rated mm-hmm. and it's just like full-on white-knuckle, like, non-stop action, and that's totally the vibe I get from the trailer. Exactly. Like, the whole, like, Linda Hamilton's quote in the in that trailer interview thing is, like, the whole movie's just, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, and that's totally the vibe I get, because it just it looks like it's going to be, like, Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger on the front lines, mm-hmm. like, non-stop action. And even though this is Tim Miller's only his second film, we can tell from Deadpool and the other films that he's worked on as a visual effects guy that he knows how to shoot action, mm-hmm. and he knows how to direct people, like, in action sequences and he really works with that and i feel like that's something that the terminator franchise like needs to l- thrive yes yeah. great action set pieces to it. yeah i think it's really cool that we have people in the industry that are going like from being visual effects specialists and artists into the director roles because just like practicing being a director in like film school or whatever doesn't necessarily set you up to film things in such a way that it helps the visual effects specialists like do their job but if you're coming from that sector if you're coming from that profession and then moving into the director role, that means that you're shooting the film with also the like foresight and the knowledge of like mm-hmm. this is how I'm, it's going to help like build the stuff in visual effects and post. Exactly. Which is going to I think he has that kind of edge. brain. Yeah. Working on it. Totally. So yeah, that's really cool. I'm excited for this film. The more I talk about it and the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm excited for a Terminator movie again. But I'm cautiously optimistic because I've been burned before with. Terminator 3 and Terminator Salvation, and I didn't see Genesis because of that. But I'm coming back, baby. We're ready for you. All right. T6. Dark Fate. This fate. What does that, what does that title even mean? I think it means, like, the future's not written yet, but if we keep messing up, our fate will be dark and tragic. Okay. That's my interpretation. I love it. Cool. And now, just like at Comic-Con, Tom Cruise is coming out to talk about Top Gun Maverick. Everybody, Tom Cruise. Yay! Oh no, Tom Cruise is standing on my couch, just like that one Oprah interview. <gasps> he's jumping on the couch, and then, what's this? Tom Cruise has fallen off my couch, and he's hit his head on the floor. Oh no, he's suffered he's an injury. He's bleeding out. Quick, somebody help. I'm calling 911. Somebody, somebody come back and... Boop, boop, boop. I'm running to get help. Hello, 911? Tom Cruise is dying. All right, this oh, bit's gone pretty long. They said they don't care. I like Tom Cruise and his movies. He didn't really get hurt here. I'm sorry if you were actually concerned for the life of an American treasure, Tom Cruise. It was all a bit. Don't worry, the Scientologist church will patch him up just fine. Yeah, the crazy magic voodoo will save his life, just like it has kept him young and keeps him alive through every crazy action stunt he does for the mummy. <laughs> now this podcast is going to get targeted for 
Scientology sabotage. No. I they're... saw that HBO documentary. Those guys are wild. <gasps> but what about the Scientology channel, Tyler? They invite you to learn more. No thanks. I haven't seen anything, but I'm I'm scared now. Anyway, we still like Tom Cruise. We're kind of iffy about Scientology, but here we go. Top Gun Maverick. So this trailer was just dropped during the Terminator panel at Comic-Con. Tom Cruise came out and showed us the trailer for Top Gun Maverick, which is a movie that doesn't come out till June 26, 2020. So almost a what year from now. What is this? Our first 2020 release on this Woo! podcast. We're looking so far almost a year ahead. This wow. has got to be like pretty close to one of the longest trailer releases, right? Almost a full year ahead of the release date. Um, and they already have a trailer cut. Yeah. Seems weird. I don't know. They've been working on this movie for a long time because I remember when the Mission Impossible Fallout Blu-ray came out. Yeah, it makes me think it's more of like a pacing oh, mm-hmm. over the release thing. It's not yeah. like the movie's not done yet. Uh-huh. They're just waiting to put it out for next summer. Yeah, but when the Mission Impossible Blu-ray came out, Tom Cruise and Chris McQuarrie came out and did a little YouTube video talking about video interpolation and how you should set your TV to the right settings. And they said, hi, we're here on the set of Top Gun Maverick and we're here to talk to you about video interpolation. <laughs> And I think it's one of the best videos on the internet. That's so weird. Because they wanted you to have the best experience watching the movie at home, just like you did it in theaters. Wow, thanks, Tom. Wow. So, Top Gun Maverick, Tyler. <laughs> it's directed by Joseph K- Kozinski. Is that right? Sure. Um, it stars Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, Jennifer Connelly, John Hamm, Ed Harris, and Val Kilmer. It is the long-awaited sequel to Top Gun. I haven't seen Top Gun. All I know about Top Gun is... Uh, Fighter jets, um, beach volleyball, and danger zone. And it takes place right here in our hometown of San Diego, Ryan. Tyler, don't dox us. Oh, we're not in San Diego. Even though we already said that last episode because we talked about the Mission Valley uh, AMC projector operator. Oh no, they're going to find us, Tyler, the Scientologists. But actually, I grew up pretty close to Miramar Air Base, mm-hmm. which is like a main setting in this movie. Or at they least filmed in the first some of it either. there, or in the original Top okay, Gun. Okay. Yeah, uh, they filmed some of it there, and they filmed it at a couple different locations in San Diego. So, I think like Top Gun is kind of a national beloved treasure, but especially in San Diego, it seems like it's a pretty mm-hmm. beloved treasure. Every like, time I'm riding the trolley, and we get close to that barbecue place, someone in the trolley says, "Hey, that's where the Top Gun barbecue place is." Yeah, and I'm like, cool. Do they sing the "You've Got That Love and Feeling"? Is that from Top Gun? That's the scene of the movie. Well, I play it at every Padres game. I didn't know it was from Top Gun. Well, this trailer looks like Top Gun guy Maverick is back. And he's doing more captaining. But then Ed Harris is like, hey, you should be more than a captain. And he's like, it's one of life's greatest mysteries. And now we have to go see Top Gun Maverick to unravel this mystery. Top Gun Maverick is a mystery movie. It's not. They're not going to unravel it. They're just... Put that line in the trailer so that people are, are like, hey, he's still a captain. He shouldn't be because he's been in the military for an additional 34 years. But then they're just going to write it off as like, oh, well, that's just how the cookie crumbles, even though in real life it just doesn't make sense. And they were just too lazy to change the script to actually like evolve the character, and they just want him to be exactly the same as he was in the first movie because this movie is just nostalgia bait. Well, I have not seen the first movie. And the trailer to me looked pretty exciting. It looked like a lot of airplane and fighter jet stunts. And we know Tom Cruise, and we know he's doing his own stunts. And I know he got a helicopter license just to do a scene in Mission Impossible. So I believe he's actually flying those jets and doing those loop-de-loops and those crazy stunts. And, you know, that's the thing for me with every Tom Cruise movie is the plot's going to be fine. But you know that the stunt work is going to be so exciting because you know it's actually him and you know it's real. So... I don't really know what the plot of this movie will be, but I know I'm going to see Tom Cruise go upside down in a fire jet, and that gets me excited. And some of the new additions to the cast, I'm actually really excited for, and they've mm-hmm. all had roles that I really love. Miles Teller, John Hamm, like, I don't know what they're going to do with them in this movie, but I'm glad to see them doing something. Yeah, like, where has Miles Teller been since he failed in Fantastic Four? I don't know. But He's Whip been Lash a top so gun maverick. Yeah, I want more Miles Teller since Whiplash was really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of hoping like maybe he can do at least a similar like type of role as Whiplash. Because like, he's a younger guy that's going to be in military and maybe it'll be this like he has to be like broken down and built back up maybe with the help of 
Cruise. I feel like that'd be a cool role for him to play. I don't know. Well, yeah, really know he's uh, Tom Cruise's son, right? No, he's Tom Cruise's, he's Goose from the original movie's son. Oh, Goose. So he's like Tom Cruise's friend's son. So it's like his godson, kind of? So it could of? be like, yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be like a prodigy type of story. Wow, just like a Independence Day Resurgence. Mm. The Do you son think of Miles Wilson? Teller learned how to fly a plane for this movie? Like I'm he about, learned how to drum for Whiplash? I'm about 60% saying he did. I hope he did because I hope he's actually following in the footsteps of Tom Cruise and wanting to do real life stunts. But then I'm thinking, who else is as crazy as Tom Cruise? Mm-hmm. That's not a stunt man. <laughs> yeah. So that's where the forty percent I'm not sure is. The sixty percent is hope, Tyler. And the forty percent is pragmatism. Exactly. Makes but sense. We all know I'm an optimist, so that's why the glass <laughs> is a little bit more than half full here. But on the whole, I kind of said this earlier, like, I feel like this movie is just kind of nostalgia bait. Like, we can see, like, oh, another, like, piano karaoke bar scene. Oh, some nice, like, sunset motorcycle ride with the leather jacket and the aviators. And it just looks like it's trying to feed off of those memories of the original, which is beloved but only has 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. And, like, the critics, you know, just trying to be like, hey, remember this movie you love? What if it came out in theaters right now? Would you still love it? And that's what it just seems like to me. It's been 34 years since the original movie, and I think the fact that they're even admitting in the trailer that, like, they haven't evolved the character at all, and he's just still a captain doing the exact same thing, is kind of a signal that they aren't making an effort to do anything different. Hmm. And as someone that hasn't seen any of that, I'll have to believe you that all those things were in the movie before, the one I didn't see. And I guess this trailer definitely at least sold me on the first movie, if not the second movie, because... Everything in this trailer looked cool to me, but if you're saying it's already been done before, maybe I should just watch the movie that's 34 years old. Hmm. Come back and see if I ever watch Top Gun. I'll have to watch it at least before I do think that the 34-year gap between movies did at least lead to a lot of technological advancements that will make some of the camera work and some of the visual effects in the movie mm-hmm. really cool and a lot better than the original Does movie. Does Tom Cruise do cool fighter pilot stunts in the first one? I mean, I wasn't on set, but... But, I mean, is that what might they're have been selling before, me in the film? It might have been before his, like, like era of, like, I'm going to learn how to fly a plane and do all this wild stuff. Interesting. Because I think when he was younger, he was more like, ooh, hunky movie star. Mm-hmm. And it's been more in his old age that he's just been like, eh, I'll give it a whirl. Interesting. Because the first Tom Cruise, like, massive stunt I can, like, think of is back in Mission Impossible 2 when he's actually scaling a mountain just to throw his glasses into the camera, just for a cool opening shot that has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Yeah. Mission Impossible 2 isn't the best movie, but that was really, like, hokey, cool fun. And <laughs> Tom Cruise was actually climbing that mountain cliffside. And that movie, what? That's, like, 20 years old. Yeah. That's after Top Gun, though. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Tyler, we've mentioned it multiple times. There's a huge gap in between these two movies. And now it's time for one of our classic games. This classic game... That we haven't played before? Yep. It's a classic, instant classic, Tyler. (laughs) Just like Top Gun Maverick, an instant classic. This game is called How Long Did It Take For Them To Make A Sequel To This Beloved Film? (laughs) The Game. Okay. So I will say two films that are sequels to each other, such as like... Toy Story and Toy Story 2. And you'll try to guess the gap of time in between them. And then when you give me an answer that is incorrect, I will tell you, nah, you gotta add more time. It took longer to make this movie. Or, are you kidding me? They knocked this thing out of the park so fast. Lower your expectations. Higher, lower, basically. And we'll go from there. Sound like the most fun game you've ever played in your life? No, but I will play it regardless. Wow. If you win, if you get four right... Out of how many? Out of six, I will give you a prize. Okay. But you have to get them right in at least the second try. Because this game works so you can guess until you win, basically. (laughs) Two tries is so hard. Three tries. Okay, three tries. Yeah, that's going to negotiate. You get four right on the three try rule. Master negotiator. The art of a deal. Wow. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) Your first set of films is Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome and Mad Max Fury Road. 
How long did it take for them to make a Mad Max movie between three and four? I'm fairly certain that all the Mad Max movies came out in the 80s. And I know that Mad Max Fury Road came out in 2016. So I'm going to say... I'm going to say 30 years. Come on, Tyler. George Miller was working hard on this. It didn't take him 30 years. It was less than that. It was less than that? How about uh, 25? Oh, Tyler. George Miller wasn't working that hard on it. Oh, okay. It was a little bit more than 25 years. Um... Do I skip it down the middle or do I go? For and by the way, you have to get it right on this answer for it to count as a point. Yeah, um, I'll say, I'll say twenty-eight years. Oh, you were so close. Is it twenty-seven? It's twenty-nine. Oh, what? It took twenty-nine years to make Mad Max Fury Road. Mm, okay. So no point for you. All right, your next set of films, Tron, and Tron Legacy. How long did it take to make the sequel to the beloved film Tron? Okay, Tron, I think, also came out in the 80s. And Tron Legacy came out, I think, in the 2000s or maybe the early 2010s. So I think I'm also going to say, I'll go 25 on this one as well. 25 years? Tyler, technology has advanced so much, they needed to take a little more time. They needed to wait for technology to get better to make another Tron movie. Okay. 25 years is too short. Um, More time. You gotta wait for the technology. They have to recreate. Uh, who is it? Jeff Bridges as a young boy. Daft Punk had to make a whole soundtrack. Tyler. I'll go. I'll go twenty-eight. Tyler, you did it. You got a point. Twenty-eight years. Wow, the same Woo! amount of time that it took between Mad Max three and four, except no. minus one. Yes. All right. Are these all between 25 and 30 years? No. You ready for the next Dang one, it. which okay. might be one of the biggest movie gaps of all time? Walt Disney's classic, Fantasia, and Fantasia 2000. Well, Fantasia 2000 came out in 2000, right? It didn't. What? Fantasia 2000 is a misnomer. It did not come out in 2000. And the original Fantasia must have been, what, the 30s or 40s? 50s? I'm going to say... I'm just going to go with around 50 years. I'm sorry, Tyler. It takes a little bit more time than 50 years to make a more? second Fantasia film. 60. Sorry, Tyler. That's a little bit too much. Oh, you don't need that many years to make a second Fantasia gap. film. And this is your last try to get the point. 54 years. Ooh. I'm sorry, Tyler. It took 59 years to make a oh, second wow. film to Fantasia. That's crazy. Fantasia 2000 famously came out in 1999. <laughs> It's like a car. <laughs> All right, Tyler. Trying to get these points. You only have one. You need four to win the big prize. How many more questions do I have? Only two, Three. Right? If you get oh, all three get all right. Okay. Here we go. I should have negotiated for more guesses. The classic film, Blues Brothers, and another famous sequel, Blues Brothers 2000. How long did it take to make the sequel to Blues Brothers? 27 years. Sorry, Tyler, you don't need that much time for a Blues Brothers sequel. Mm. Tone 20, it down. 23 years. Ooh, still, that's way too much time. They, t they pumped this baby out quick. This is your last guess. 16 Whoa. years. Tyler, you were so close, but you're wrong. It was 17 years. Are you kidding me? No. Sorry, you Man. don't win the prize, but you can keep playing the game. Here we go. Okay, thanks. How long did it take? To make the sequel to Jurassic Park 3, Jurassic World. They had to recast everybody. Chris Pratt had to be born. I'm pretty sure he was no, born. He was I was just thinking. Jurassic World came out, what, 2015? I think I'm going to go with 22 years. Sorry, Tyler. It doesn't take that long to make a sequel to the best film in the franchise, Jurassic Park 3. That is not correct. It is not the best film, but it is the only one that has a talking raptor. So... It's the best film if you're grading on which films have talking raptors, but less than 23 years. Is it 18 years? Ooh, it's a little less than 18 years, Tyler. How much less? A little. Actually a little or just Well, less? if you're thinking about uh, as a human, it's like a big age difference. But if you're thinking about it in the grand scheme of all time in the world, it's a very short distance. Okay, um... What did I just say? 17? You said 18. Is it 16 years? It is 13 years, Tyler. 
It only took 13 years to make Jurassic World after when Jurassic, Jurassic Park World 3, 3 came, out. came out. Jurassic Park 3 came out. I don't, I don't have the dates. I don't know. But well, Jurassic World was 15, right? It was 15. So it was I think 2002. So. Yes. Hmm. I, I definitely that. remember Jurassic Park 3 being a DVD in my household. Wow. As a child. So 2002 sounds right. All right, Tyler, are you ready for the last question? It's another big one. You ready? Let's go. How long did it take them to make the sequel to Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins Returns? Oh, this is a good one. Okay. Hmm. It's a film where Dick Van Dyke came back. So, not long enough to where the original cast has died off. But long enough that they had to recast Mary Poppins. They didn't have to. And there was definitely a cameo in the movie that was meant for Julie Andrews, but she but turned she... it down because she had to do Aquaman. She chose the movie that... They gave that... a cameo to Angela Lansbury. She chose the movie that made over a billion dollars instead of this movie, which barely broke even. I'm going to go with... Let's do an even 50 years. Tyler, it takes a little bit more time than 50 years to yeah. cast someone as amazing as Angela Lansbury. For her two-minute role. She sells the balloons, Tyler. Um, let's do 57 years. Tyler, it does not take 57 years to find oh Angela God. Lansbury. Come on. A little bit less than 57 years. And this is your final guess. 54 years. Tyler, you did it. Yes. It is 54 years. And for your success... I got two of them right. You got two out of six. And we agreed upon four out of six. So you win nothing. But it's okay. I'm still here for you, buddy. Okay. Thank you for sitting quick, by me in my times of failure. Quick segue to the next thing, Tyler. What's next? All right. Next we have a trailer for a movie that I'm very excited for. This is the trailer for A Beautiful Day in a Neighborhood. This movie is coming out on November 22nd. And it's directed by Muriel Heller, who recently did the biographical drama film Can You Ever Forgive Me, starring Melissa McCarthy. Wait, that was about a real person? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Learn something new every day. Wow. Tyler's teaching me, See, guys. this podcast is educational and sensational. Ooh. We call this funtertainment. Uh, this movie stars Tom Hanks and other people. Well, um, Tom Hanks is really the one that matters the yeah, most. Tom Hanks, who's Tom Hanks playing? What's this biopic about, Tyler? Oh, well, if you couldn't tell by the title, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Tom Hanks is playing Fred Rogers. And this is a biopic about Fred Rogers, uh, who created the children's television program, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh. Very famous, very beloved. The recent documentary, Want to Be My Neighbor, was mm. outstanding. Oscar snubbed. Wasn't nominated for the Oscar for Best Documentary, and I'm still upset about it. Even though Free Solo was pretty amazing, it should have at least got a nomination. It should have got a nomination, yeah, for sure. We're looking at you, Academy. Matthew Reese, Chris Cooper, and Susan Kentucky Watson are supporting roles, uh, supporting actors in this film. But really, Tom Hanks is a star. He plays uh, what looks like an outstanding role as Fred Rogers. When I was watching the documentary, I couldn't help that notice that Fred, young Fred Rogers looked a lot like Jim Parsons from The Big Bang Theory. Oh, and I thought he's he very skinny. Be, he would be a really fun like choice to play the role, but mm. he's he looks like a really young Fred Rogers. And the way this narrative, uh, this movie is framed, it's about an older Fred Rogers. And so Tom Hanks, I think, works well because mm -hmm. he's an older and, actor. And Tom Hanks is like America's fun uncle. We all love. Him. Yeah, he's like the actor version of Fred Rogers, and he's known for like doing these types of biopic movies and just inhabiting characters so well mm -hmm. and their mannerisms and their exactly. speech patterns. And from the trailer, it looks like he does a really great job. I mentioned the way that, that the movie is framed, so it's not like it's a biopic telling the story of Fred Rogers' life. What's kind of cool about it is it's framed from the perspective of an interviewer or a journalist doing a report, doing an article on Fred Rogers as like different interviews are interviewing different people that are considered like heroes in the U.S. or in the world. Wow. And this journalist is, and this is based on a real journalist that ran a real article in Esquire about Fred Rogers as a hero. So it's kind of cool that the movie's framed around not like following Fred Rogers through his life, but like an older Fred Rogers that's already has the program established and has already had all these experiences now like being interviewed and reflecting upon his legacy and his life and the way that he's impacted other people, which I think is really neat. And I think the choice to have the journalist as like a role and like the journalist's family is featured in the trailer and like he is talking to his wife and 
Mr. Rogers meets his kids and the way that the trailer is showing that Mr. Rogers is impacting like this man's life is a really cool way to show like it's hard to capture on screen like how Fred Rogers impacted tons and tons and tons of people but you can show like one story at how he impacted this one man's life and also because he's a journalist he can reflect upon how he's impacted multiple lives so it's a really clever I think like narrative framing device for the way that this movie is approaching this yeah this kind of reminds me of um, the fact that there's been the documentary and then this movie, the biopic, so close together. Reminds me of when we had a RBG and On the Basis of Sex so close together. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, how could they ever do anything with Fred Rogers in a biopic once we had this amazing documentary? But then I remembered On the Basis of Sex and thinking, well, I really enjoyed watching that portrayal and that story played out through the actors. And it's very different from the documentary RBG. So having this framing device really helps uh, kind of cement it as its own thing and not just a carbon copy of the documentary, but this time it's Tom Hanks. Yeah, totally. Plus, it's Tom Hanks. I mean, this guy is biopic gold. Mm. He's Walt Disney. He's Sully. He's Captain Phillips. Yeah. And now he's Fred Rogers. I mean, perfect casting, honestly. Yeah, and also the the benefit that this has of being like a fictionalized biopic versus like a documentary is the documentary uses a lot of awesome interviews from people that knew Fred. It features a lot of awesome archival footage of Fred behind the scenes or doing the show. But now this movie has full range of being able to recreate like whatever shots they want of Fred doing the show and like an awesome, very sentimental shot of Fred opening the suitcase with King Friday and... Daniel Tiger puppets laying inside of it and like having it be fictional and recreated and not just relying on archival footage gives a lot more like wiggle room for these like really artistic mm -hmm. expressions and sentimental shots and visuals that will be present in the movie because you're not relying on stuff that's like already been captured mm -hmm. exactly even though like this isn't exactly Fred Rogers like the real life person this film can kind of give Tom Hanks lines that Fred Rogers might say and then you're feeling that connection like oh Mr. Rogers is talking about this and this is the way he feels, even though he might not have never actually said those words, he probably did believe those things at the time, or maybe it just wasn't filmed and couldn't be put in a documentary, but a biopic has more free range to play with things a little bit and uh, put words in certain people's mouths that they probably did say and they probably would believe. Yeah, it looks really great. I think it will be a strong performance from Tom Hanks. Like I said earlier, like his mannerisms and his speech patterns just seem to nail those of Fred Rogers and like the way he does a little shoe toss at the beginning of the trailer and stuff like that. It's just so clever. And I did say earlier, like it's hard to capture how much Fred Rogers impacted so many people, which is true, but they also have this really awesome stinger at the end where he and the journalist are riding the subway and then this whole group of kids on the subway and even adults notice Mr. Rogers sitting there and like sing the theme song, sing Won't You Be My Neighbor mm -hmm. to him. And he's like clapping. He's like, oh, that's so wonderful. Honestly, that's my favorite and part of the trailer. It's so great. And it just does capture like how much this person made an impact on his community and the children of America and even the world. It's really, really neat. Awesome. Well, Tyler, thanks for telling us about this great film. But Tyler, I don't think any trailer has made more waves this week than the one you're about to talk about next. I don't think so. This is probably the most talked about trailer. And I have to be honest, Ryan. This podcast, when we described it to people when we were getting ready to do it, they were like, oh, that's so niche. Like, nobody cares about movie trailers, right? We just sit through the previews to get to the movie. But now... Twitter has exploded, So Tyler. much talk in the news about a trailer, and it's like, finally we have some vindication that people care about what this podcast is about. So we had to do this. Once we saw the trailer, we're like, that's going on the next episode. We have to put it on this episode because this is our chance to break through and get, you know, into the media because we're finally... Talking about a hot topic. Ooh. And I'm not discussing the store where I buy all of my band shirts. Oh, wow. Is it where you get your chokers? This hot topic is the trailer for Cats. I would not be surprised to see Cats shirts at Memory Hot Topic. Memory all alone in the moonlight. Memory. We know all the words. We're huge cat head fans. Honestly, no. I haven't seen anything about it. The only thing I actually know the memory song from is when Miranda Cosgrove's character sings it in School of Rock when she's wow. auditioning for the band. I think... And it's so bad that Jack Black says, no, you can be our manager instead. I, I think I remember the memory song from maybe like a Tiny Toons or a Looney Tunes type short where they're just making fun of it. Maybe it was an Animaniacs thing. 
I don't remember, but I just remember a little blue cartoon creature singing the song, and I didn't realize it was associated with cats because I know nothing about the musical. But then I saw this trailer, and I was like, hey, that's that song from Looney Tunes. But Cats is a musical phenomenon. It debuted on the West End, which is the oh, London. London version of Broadway, then came across the pond to Broadway and was a huge instant success. Andrew Lloyd Webber, who also did Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. and uh, Joseph B. Macy's, I think, wore a dream coat. And did uh, the Jesus book. Christ Soccer Superstar. Yes, a very acclaimed composer and lyricist, and he did Cats. Cats ran forever, too. People ran loved forever. it. It's a huge phenomenon, and I'm just like... And I do love musicals. I love Broadway, and I've just never, like, seen it or gotten into it or don't, haven't learned anything about it, but... I've had no interest because I'm a dog person. Same, same. But this trailer but Cats, has piqued my interest. Yeah, well, it's so interesting because it's such a beloved musical, but then the trailer came out, and people were like, oh my gosh, it's so weird because, like, the cats look weird and stuff like that. And so then I, like... Look some stuff up about the musical, and I'm like, okay, the musical's just weird. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like. <laughs> it's based off like poems, right? There's like poems by T. S. Eliot. Yeah. And it okay. Let's talk about this trailer. We've been skirting around it too much. Weird. Why cat do the people. cats have boobs? Too much. The cast is the crazy. The cats have two female boobs. We all know that cats have six tiny nipples on their stomachs. Why? Why does it look like they have to wear a sports bra? It doesn't make sense. It's like they mo-capped the actors to be in this weird version of themselves that just turned out to be like a weird, their face on a weird cat human body that doesn't look right and it it's freaking right. me out, but I, I can't stop looking at like it. There's like a term for it psychologically that the I was uncanny reading valley. the uncanny valley of like, it looks too much like a human and too much like a cat at the same time. Like doesn't look enough like a human dressed as a cat and doesn't look mm-hmm. enough like a cat to ignore its human attributes. Exactly. It's just like right in the middle where it's like too much of either to make sense. Yeah. Like things that people have used this term for before are like the recreation of uh, Admiral Tarkin in Rogue One. People are like, that's the uncanny valley. But we need to apologize to Admiral Tarkin. Because that looks so much better. I, I would this. watch Peter Cushing fake man ten times before I have to stare at Taylor Swift cat, yeah. or Ian McKellen cat, or Jason Derulo cat. We also need to apologize to um, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, <laughs> meow. Anyway, <laughs> tell me about the be, cast. Yeah, this movie comes out December 20th. Christmas. will be directed by Tom Hooper, who has done films like Danish Girl, Les Miserables, and The King's Speech. Oh, Les Mis, so he's a, he's a musical buff too. Sure. He must love cats. The cast is pretty crazy. We've got James Corden. Oh, carpool boy. Fat Tuxedo Cat. we got Judy Dench. Oh, Dame Judy Dench. Dame Judy Dench. Old Cat. Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. R&B Funky Cat. Ooh. Idris Elba. Oh. Evil Batman villain cat. What? He looks like a Batman villain. Oh. He's wearing like a fedora and his eyes glow oh, weird colors. But he's Black Superman, Tyler. Uh, Jennifer Hudson. Oh, she's the main cat. Yes. Ian McKellen. Oh, Sir Ian McKellen. Taylor Swift. Magneto cat. Taylor Swift. Valentine's Day cat. Rebel Wilson. <laughs> Pitch Perfect cat. And Francesca Hayward. Unknown cat. She is a who is she? ballet dancer who's been cast in a role and she was announced like and featured Francesca Hayward at the end. So I assumed, oh, that must be the lead character. And then I looked it up and she just does one ballet dance in the whole musical. So I guess that's important. That well, she very is featured, Tyler. They weren't lying to us. The film features her. That is true, I suppose. Okay. The plot of this movie, I don't get any of it through the trailer. No, it's a... Uh, okay, here's what I got from the trailer. There are cats that look like humans. They're dancing around giant furniture. They're singing that memory song. That's what I got. And honestly, that's pretty much the plot of the musical. Well, what this trailer was showing to me is like they're trying to show off... Like It seems like Universal thought they had a hit with like these amazing cat human people things and then people hated it yeah so i think the point of this trailer was to show off that technology and those what those people those cat people are going to look like and, and they're also not going to change it it's not going to be something oh they don't have time to change this is it just coming out they the have too is, many people too many things tied into this they honestly should have just gone the broadway route and had them all dress up in like big fur costumes and stuff like that and just done like it was like a or even like Stage production on screen. Go with, like, the Lion King route and make photorealistic cats singing songs. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I, 
I wouldn't know. be okay with them ballet dancing. That'd be weird. I don't know how you do this musical, Tyler. I think you got to do it like it's a stage production. You could do it like the Donny Osmond Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat movie where you just have it be like it is a stage production being performed before the camera. Interesting. Because the musical also breaks the fourth wall, so I feel like it makes sense for it to acknowledge How are they going to break audience. the fourth wall in this well, movie? Well, um, they break the fourth wall by acknowledging that they're being watched by like a human audience and they go out into the audience. You know, there's like physically no fourth wall where you can't go enter the audience. Hmm. The cats just kind of prance around the whole theater and they can't do that in the movies, so I feel like the best way for them to acknowledge that is if they just try and have like it filmed as if it was the perspective of like a production on stage. Yeah. So, I don't know. The cats just freak me out, dude. They I, are very freaky. Jennifer Hudson cat. I mean, Jennifer Hudson's great, but not Jennifer Hudson cat. No. I'm really, like, okay, why is Jason Derulo in this movie? He's not an actor. I don't know. Is he there just to sing? Just like Taylor Swift? Does Judy Dench sing? I've never heard Judy Dench sing. Do you think I she sings? she does. And the thing is, all these people said yes. I want to be in this movie. I kind of think Taylor Swift's just in it because she likes cats a lot. Like, uh, not the musical, but the animal. Yeah, cats, maybe. Like, they said Taylor Swift will pay you millions of dollars for us to, like, turn you into a cat on screen. And she was like, okay. She said, I'll do it for less. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'll do it for $10. So, yeah, um, there's not much else we can talk about with cats, except for it looks freaking weird and creepy. It looks creepy. really weird. Um... And also, the musical is apparently sung through, so there's, I don't know if the movie will hold true to that. Well, there like, just um, won't be any dialogue. Tom did the same thing with uh, Les Mis, right? There's no dialogue in that movie. Is there? I'm pretty sure there's dialogue in Les Mis. I'm trying to think if there's dialogue in the stage adaptation of Les Mis. Then. I don't think there is, but I don't think there is. I don't remember. Well, if you're listening like, and you know the so answer. So, for example, Rent the, musical, Rent the Musical on stage is sung through. Mm-hmm. The movie, it's not. They add tons of dialogue and, like, talky scenes between the songs. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I think the movie sung through of Les Mis. I haven't seen it in a while, and it came out in, like, 2010. No way, because there's totally scenes in the, like, factory where uh, Fantine is fired and everything like that. They totally, like, talk to her and they yell at her hmm. and they kick her out. And then, hmm. um... One of us is right, and one of us is wrong. And the planning of the barricade and everything, Gavroche comes in, there's totally dialogue scenes there with Eddie Redmayne. Interesting. I think you're right, but I also feel like I could be right. But I feel like you're more right than me, because I'm not 100%, and you sound more confident. So we're going with Tyler's right on this one. No one needs to fact check us. We figured it out ourselves. Anyway, Cats looks weird. Cats does look weird. And... Like I said earlier, it's just because the entire thing is weird. It's not just the movie trailer. It's this whole production. And because of that, Ryan, I have assembled a list of trivia questions for our next game about cats. The animals or the musical or the movie? The musical. The Broadway London version or the Broadway New York version. Yes. Okay. Well, this is going to go over swimmingly because I know about 2% of things about cats don't worry it's multiple choice oh my also two percent like milk and cats like to drink milk so that was a Mm. good number thank you i planned it there's gonna be some like weird milk drinking scene in this movie i just guarantee it is that in the musical i don't know i just feel like it's gonna be a thing okay all right bring on the quiz here is the quiz how many do i need to get right to win a prize i don't know how many questions are there there's five questions so i feel like i should need to get at least three right. Get three right, and you'll get a, a gallon of 2% milk. Really? That's my favorite kind of white milk. I prefer chocolate milk. Mm, cats I... don't drink chocolate milk. It's not good for their intestines. Is that true? Uh, no, I just made that up. Okay, question number one. Woo! Based, okay, the musical Cats is based on a collection of poems by T.S. Eliot. I knew this. Old Possum's Book of Blank I didn't cats. know what the book was called. What is the adjective? Old Possum's Book of Blank Cats. Is it Old Possum's Book of Whimsical Cats, Practical Cats, Jellical Cats, or Classical Cats? I know Jellical is something about this musical, but I don't think that's real. Um, Okay, can you tell me the first two options again? Whimsical 
and practical. I'm guessing practical cats. That's correct. Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. Well done. Wow. They are referred to as Jellicle Cats in the musical. I've heard the word Jellicle before, but only in, like, reference to the musical. I don't know what it means or if it's a real word. It's not a real word, I don't think. Wow. All right, question number two. You got a point. Good job. Question number two. Which actor in Hooper's film adaptation was once supposed to play a different role in a stage production of Cats? Okay. One of these actors that we listed previously uh-huh. was once supposed to play a different role on stage in a production of Cats. Okay. What are my multiple choice? Was it James Corden, Ian McKellen, Judy Dench, or Rebel Wilson? Oh, no. And I do mean like a professional production of this on stage. It's okay. not just like their high school did Cats. Yeah. Okay. You said names, and I was thinking these names before you told me the multiple choice. I was like... It's either James Corden or Ian McKellen, and then they were both options, so now I'm torn. I think it's... I feel like Ian McKellen would do it live. You might think that, but it's actually Judy Dench. No, not even one of the options but I thought. remember, the key, the key part of that question was supposed to, because she was cast as Grizabella uh, in... Grizabella. It's the name of the character, in, uh, in a London production of Cats, and three weeks into rehearsals... One of her fellow actors kicked her during rehearsal on accident, <laughs> and she tore her Achilles tendon, and she Judy, couldn't play no. the role. So finally, she's returning, but obviously, she's too old to play Grizabella, even though that character is literally an old cat. Wait, it's all CG. Why does she need her body? Mm, who knows? She's, who is she this time? She's playing Old Deuteronomy, who's normally the patriarch male leader of the Jellicle Oh, cats. gender swap. It's a gender swap in Old Deuteronomy. It's Old Deuteronomina now. Really? They changed the name? No, they didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I feel like they didn't have to. And you got me. I would have been like, they probably did. All right, so I didn't get the point. No point on that. Let's see if we can get question number three. Question number three is very straightforward. How many Tonys... Of the Tony Award, did the original Broadway run <laughs> of Cats win? As opposed and to how many Tony people like uh, named Tony, did, named they Tony did they win? <laughs> uh, and in true Broadway fashion, the multiple choice for this question is a five, six, seven, eight. Oh, I feel like it won a lot is of it Tonys. Five, six, seven, or eight. I'm gonna go. I'm sending it eight Tonys. It's only seven. Oh no. I don't know if I can recall them all. This definitely was like an actress one. Best musical. Best. Best book? Direction. Best Tony. There was something about costumes and set design in there. Okay. Next question. I need to get both these right to win the prize. You have to get the final two. I need the milk, Tyler. That's true. I need that milk. (laughs) I hope I can't afford groceries. I gotta get that milk. I went on a podcast just to win a gallon of milk. I can't eat dry cereal anymore. <laughs> Here's question number four. Just put water in the cereal. It's the same thing. Ugh. Question number four. The official synopsis of the musical describes the cats getting together to do what? Is it A, elect the Jellicle King? B, dance a <laughs> Jellicle dance? Oh my god. C, play their Jellicle games? Or D, make the Jellicle choice? Cats play Jellicle games. Final answer. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's incorrect. Is it the dance? Nope, it's make the Jellicle choice. That's the worst one. I That's the one I thought, no, that can't be the right answer. When I read that, I was legitimately like, how? What is a Jellicle choice? <laughs> well, here's what it is. So, question number five. Oh, it feeds in. I'm not going to win the, the milk. The Jellicle choice. I'm sorry. I just realized. I'll get, if you answer this one, I'll get you a pint of milk. Ooh. It's less than a gallon, but you can at least get a couple bowls of cereal out of it. Unless my bowls are big, then I only get one bowl. That's your Jellicle choice. My, oh, this is the Jellicle choice. No, okay. The Jellicle choice is described as which cat will ascend to the heavy side layer and enter a new life. Now. Wait, the heavy side layer? The heavy side layer. Mm-hmm. Wait, like heavy set layer? No, it's H E A V I S I D E. Heavy side layer. I think like it's like. Heavenly side? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Does this, does this refer to. A. Poor street cats becoming rich pets in higher class households. B. Cats moving to a new part of town. C. Cats having fun together. (laughs) Or D. Voluntarily euthanizing 
one of the cats and hoping that they come back in reincarnation into an into a better cat. Oh my gosh. That sounds ridiculous. And it sounds like something you made up, but it also sounds like it could be true. Okay. Have heavenly side. Wait, read the description of what it is again one more time, please. What is a jealous choice? Jealous choice is deciding which cat will ascend to the heaven side layer and come back to a new life. It's gotta be the reincarnation it one. It is. <laughs> Genuinely, the movie ends or wait, movie, they're killing. The musical people? ends with a cat like flying up into the heavens, and apparently, the entire musical is just a theme for like old age and like the sweet release of death because wait does it spoiler alert grizabella is like an old cat that used to be in her glory days and no longer is and she's now like an outcast by all the cats and she finally is like i'm tired of being outcast i used to be wonderful like just let me ascend so i can come back to a new life but does she they she like ascends i don't think the cats actually kill her in the musical but it's like a metaphorical like ascension okay. into like but the does sweet she reincarnate i don't think so so the jellicle choice is a lie but i still want my Maybe pint of milk cats too cats too the... isn't there a sequel actually i don't i feel like there might have been there's a sequel to phantom but i don't know about cats maybe that's coming up ah cats too the heaviside layer the Oh, Grizabella up in Heaviside time. Yeah. All right. It's wild. Bring me my I was, milk. I was reading a I whole, won the pint. A whole article and it was just like, yep, that's right. The theme of this musical isn't just about funky cats having fun. It's also about the sweet release of death. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. Wow. Coming at you Christmas 2019. The, the sweet, sweet release, release of death. death. <laughs> oh, that was a lot of fun. Cats is freaking weird. It's so insane. And I'm going to... There is a, like, um... There was, like, a direct-to-video, like, film of the Broadway... Like a bootleg? No, like, a direct-to-video, like... Like, actually... Of the Broadway... Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Like, cats captured on video for the first time on stage. Okay, okay. And I want to find out where I can stream or buy it, because I kind of want to see it before mm. the movie comes out in its full glory. Dude, Cats is weird. I don't know what else to say. I can't. I, I just, I don't know why it's not dogs. Dogs don't go to the heaven side layer or make the jellical choice. Dogs just die like normal. All dogs go to heaven. Fat tumors and all over their body. All dogs go to heaven too. The sequel. They got two movies. Cats got a Broadway show and zero musical adaptations of All Dogs Go to Heaven. Well, there's songs in those movies, but I don't think it's like a full-on musical. No. Anyway, this has been All Dogs Go to Heaven talk. Check us out next week as we talk about All Dogs Go to Heaven 2. No. <laughs> well, Cats is weird. And almost every other movie... No, that's not true. What was my pattern? It was good, bad, good, bad. Well, you want me to ask you the question? So, I guess, Tyler, I need to ask you, what was your favorite trailer from this week's episode? My favorite trailer from this week's episode is... Is it Cats? <laughs> I, I kind of want to say Cats. Just favorite because it's so weird and wild and I don't know what's going on. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like my version of like doing a recreational hallucinogenic drug because it, I just get to have no assumptions or guesses or intuition about what this movie's about. Tyler, and you could just, just watch Midsummer I'm again. Just going for, along for the ride. <laughs> so have you chosen Cats as your favorite trailer this week? No. Are my, you locking it in? I'm not locking it in. My favorite trailer this week is. The trailer for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Hmm. It gets me so excited for Tom Hanks' performance. It shows me all the best parts of what this movie is going to be in the way that it displays Fred Rogers and the way that he impacts other people's lives. Oh, good old Freddie R. Makes me so excited. Can't wait. And would you say that's also the movie you're most excited to see? Absolutely. Wow. Not Cats? Putting both my votes right behind Fred Rogers. And none behind Cats. Zero behind weird anthropomorphic Human-fingered cats. They didn't change the hands. They didn't change Why? the boobs either, Tyler. Why? They still got boobs. Well, Ryan, what about you? Which trailer? My favorite trailer this week is Terminator Dark Fate. The more I watch it, the more I'm into it. And the more I go, hmm, maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe, baby. Terminator Dark Fate. That gets my vote. Love it. That's what I'm giving you. Now, what movie are you most excited to see? Oh, it's uh, the Mr. Rogers movie, um, because it just looks so good, honestly. Like, 
the trailer shows me exactly what I'm looking to see in the movie, and then I really am excited for the performance of Tom Hanks. Just the Terminator trailer is more exciting and more fun for me to watch, is why it won right. that point. Totally. Well, well, that means with three out of four votes, uh, congratulations, Marielle Heller and Tom Hanks. Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is our winner for today's episode. Woo! You beat cats. Congratulations. Handily. And also, uh, Top Gun, Maverick. Oh, yeah, that trailer was, it was okay. You said it got you excited to see the movie. Yeah, but... Did I talk you out of it? No, no, no. It's just... It gets me excited to see the movie, but not as much as... I, I mean, honestly, I don't know anymore, man. Top Gun, it looks it looks fine. It's an exciting it trailer. And the movie looks fine. Okay. But anyway, Mr. Rogers won. Beat Yay. the cats. Game it's over. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Memories <laughs> all alone in the basement. We'll do a round. And then we gotta do I'm going hunting. I'm like going hunting. And then is there a song for Top Gun? Oh, oh yes. Oh, yeah. No, uh, Top Gun is high. You lost that love. Oh, Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Wow. This has been free royalty free music. We're not paying for any of it. <laughs> nope. We used only a snippet. So. It's a uh, under. You can't use. sue us this time. Gotcha, Universal. All right, well that's everything today. That's all we got. Okay. Tune in next week we'll talk about even more trailers and not cats ever again. Bye. Uh, meow. <laughs>